Welcome to Overheard at Deer Valley. I'm your host, Jacob Grotnick. I grew up in Park City, Utah, learned to ski at Deer Valley, and I am so excited to take you through this journey as we talk to everyone from gold medal winners to snowmakers in a quest to find out what makes Deer Valley so magical. Let's get into today's episode. If you love skiing at Deer Valley because they have the best grooming, snowmaking, guest services, ski patrol, chairlift operations, and overall resort maintenance, well then, you have the Vice President of Mountain Operations, Steve Graff, to thank. And if you're looking to give him a recognition of gratitude in person, well, you're in luck. Because what I gleaned from this conversation is that Steve Graff never leaves the mountain. He lives and breathes Deer Valley. And that passion shows itself on all the happy faces of skiers enjoying the perfectly coiffed groom lines and route to a freshly brushed off chairlift and a smooth ascent to the top for another go. So as one says when they get off the lift, try and keep up. Awesome to have you here, Steve. I'm glad to be here, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. There's a lot of snow this year and Deer Valley responded by opening early. Is that the first time this has happened in the resort's history? No, it's not the first year, but it's uh, the first year that I've been part of that we've opened early. I hear that uh, sometime back in the 80s, uh, we opened early, uh, like 85 or 86, but that was well before my time. But not too long before your time. You have been at Deer Valley since 1993, correct? Yeah, I started in November of 1993, so I think I'm entering my 29th season here. Wow, 29 seasons. I bet you have seen a ton of changes over the years. I mean, let's see. In 1993, the average price for a gallon of gas was $1.16. This is what the internet sounded like. And skiing in jeans was all the rage. So what has stayed the same at Deer Valley over all that time, and what has changed the most? Huh. I, you know, I think what stayed the same through all these years is our focus on the Stearns vision, you know, our founder's vision of exceptional guest service, doing our best to provide an uncrowded experience and friendly uniform employees, you know, those kinds of things. So adherence to the vision has stayed the same, um, but it definitely gets more challenging as, as Park City grows and, you know, the surrounding communities grow and People have found out about Deer Valley that um, some of those parts are more difficult for us to deliver on. So I guess that would be the most challenging part is the, to keep up with the growth and the demand and um, still keep it a special, special place. Yeah, it is this unique conundrum that you have this special place that you want to share with people. But by sharing it with too many people, it could hinder what made it so special in the first place. Right. It makes it, it makes delivering some of those pieces more difficult. But we're up to the task. I have no doubt about that. And speaking of being up to the task, Deer Valley is installing one new lift and reconfiguring another. Can you talk us through both of those developments? They're both focused in the wide west area, um, our beginner area at the bottom of Snow Park. We are extending Snowflake, which was an existing lift, but only covered about half of the terrain on wide west. We extended it by a couple towers all the way down to the Snow Park Lodge. And so that'll access the Wide West terrain. And it'll also access our new lift, Burns Express, 
It's replacing Burns, which was a fixed grip double installed in 1981. We decided to replace it with a detachable quad, and it'll start at the top of Wide West and connect to Little Baldy. And it'll be one of the first auto restraint bars in North America. So as you load the lift, that bar will automatically come down before you leave the terminal. And when you get to the other side, that bar will automatically come up. And we're excited to embrace this new technology, not only for the beginning skiers, um, but just to educate everyone that rides it of how early and how late that bar can safely come down and go up and um, hopefully encourage more, more use of those uh, across the resort. Well, that'll be great to have more of a uniform sense of how the bar should operate. So how else is the new lift going to impact the overall skier experience? A couple different aspects of Burn Express that we're excited about is it's connecting us to train on Little Baldy, uh, great beginner train in Deer Hollow and Nats Eye that have been underutilized or inaccessible because you couldn't get there because they were isolated in intermediate terrain. So we had this great beginner terrain, but if you were a beginner, you couldn't get there to ski it. So this will allow us to be able to use that terrain. And as we create a better connection to Little Baldy, we're focusing on transforming that area um, to a more developmental area. So on Crescent, we're going to build a little mogul course, not unlike Champion, our World Cup mogul course. Uh, it's going to be constructed in the same way with man-made moguls but we're going to use it as a teaching and learning environment for you know all of our guests to learn how to ski perfect moguls and the Wasatch freestyle team will train on that with their developmental athletes and get them ready for you know, the big run champion and we're also going to be doing slalom training with um, the alpine teams with park city ski and snowboard and they will be doing alpine slalom training on silver hill so Excited to, to activate the little baldy area with some unique pieces. Wow, that is cool. So it will be a place where anybody can train and work on their skills from guests to athletes looking to get to the next level. Yeah, future Olympians and, and our guests. But it's going to have the, the most notable impact to you know the rest of our guests. It's, it's, a, it's really a ski school lift, and, and that was the intention of it. But... One of the, the things we're excited about is that our ski school meets on Wide West and they get all their groups together. And then they go down and they get in our busiest lift, which is Carpenter Express, at the busiest time of the day at 930 in the morning. So now we have hundreds of kids that are in ski school and then they go get in the busiest line we have um, right at the peak load in. And so by giving them another way to access our mountain, that they're going to go to a lift that is in the bottom 10 of our, our most busy lifts and be able to access that terrain there, which will allow the load in of most of our public at Snow Park uh, to be a little more efficient that, you know, we're taking this big group of people out of that equation for a while. So we think that, you know, this thing is uh, Burns Express is really going to allow us to better utilize our mountain more efficiently. That really comes back full circle to how to keep that original feeling and vision of Deer Valley while also adapting to the ever-growing demand and number of visitors. And it's ex exactly it. So when you ask, like, what is the same, 
it's that vision that the Stearns had when they founded Deer Valley that's still alive today. We just have to think about it a little differently. You know, that we have this large mountain. It's come from, I believe it was five lifts and 35 runs to 21 lifts and 103 runs today. So we keep growing uh, to keep up with the demand. Uh, And now that we've pretty much grown out, that it becomes how do we better utilize underutilized pieces of our mountain because there's still lots of room out there. We just have to get people there more efficiently. And so that's that's what we're doing. That's how we're trying to keep that uncrowded experience alive. You know, I love that you're not just throwing your hands in the air and saying, oh, well, but are actively pushing the boundaries and how to keep delivering that amazing Deer Valley experience. When you talked about better utilizing the mountain, it made me think about one of my favorite parts about Deer Valley, and that is how much area it covers. Whenever I bring a first-timer to Deer Valley, I I love to ski them from Deer Crest all the way over to Empire. I I love that part about Deer Valley is that um, you can go on an adventure and travel. You know, it's like you said, you're out at Little Baldy and riding a Jordan L gondola, and then you work your way through Snow Park and then through Silver Lake and over Flagstaff, and you're kind of on a skiing journey. I love that. A skiing journey. That's really what it is. One of the other parts about, about that skiing journey is that a unique aspect to Deer Valley's Mountain is that with the exception of Empire, there's a green run off of every one of those peaks. So if you have a mixed group of skiers, you can still go on the journey together and pick different ability levels um, and meet up at the bottom, share your experiences, and and move on. And I think that that's a a very unique feature of Deer Valley's Mountain. Yeah, you're, you're right. Everybody can still ride the lift up together, share in the experience of all skiing together, but then you have the ability to choose your own way down. Right. Like we're going to go ski the hard terrain and we'll come back to the bunny slope later that you guys can actually go together. Love it. You know, Deer Valley terrain has so much variety. In a way, it it, it really is a collection of several different mountains all connected together. Is that how you guys categorize it? We consider there being six distinct peaks. You know, I wouldn't say that they were individual mountains, but like Lady Morgan and Empire or kind of one mountain, but they're two different peaks. So there's two different patrol stations up there. And uh, so that's that's how we do it here. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so let's talk about the grooming. This is like Deer Valley's secret sauce. I mean, everybody knows that Deer Valley has the best grooming. So how do you guys do it so well? The the part that people ski is the last part and probably the easiest part. Uh, you know, the grooming really starts with snowmaking a, a, a lot of times, even in a great year like this where we have a lot of natural snowmaking. In order for the snow surface to withstand daily grooming, uh, we need to have some man-made snow on there and uh, create a more durable, workable surface. You know, Utah snow is amazing but it's uh, pretty dry so we have to add water into the snowpack so that we can groom it on a nightly basis and there's a lot of plowing and contouring and grading 
Uh, and the final step is the corduroy that, that everybody sees that comes out the back. But that happens at the very end of the process. I feel kind of ashamed, but I didn't even know that much went into it. I, I feel like most people think you just go over it with a groomer and, and call it a day. But what, what you're saying is that before any of that even happens, there's a whole science and craft that goes into creating that base layer. Yeah, correct. It starts very early on in the season and continues through the season. Um, so most of the work happens beforehand. And, you know, they, they take the imperfections out of the natural surface. Like, you know, the mountains aren't flat um, and, and level side to side. And so that's where the groomers come in and they do a lot of plowing and contouring. And then, you know, not, it's not like your lawnmower where you just ride over it and it's cut on the backside. Um, once all the contouring's done, then they go through and put that final skiable surface on there that, it, that we've become so famous for. So what is a day in the life of Steve Graff look like? I mean, you wake up, you, <laughs> well, maybe not from there. I mean, when you get to the mountain, what does your day look like? Well, it, it actually starts well before I get into the mountain. So, you know, I think maybe we do start when I wake up because, you know, one of the unique challenges of my position now is it's a 24-hour operation. So, you know, those early morning hours, I typically get up a, around a quarter to six and I look at how snowmaking has been progressing, an, an amazing application that shows me where we're making snow, what guns are running, the gallons per minute per gun. And I uh, get to see, you know, how production went the night before. And, you know, I turn on my radio and it starts getting really busy as they're wrapping up and that handoff is about to occur, right? So the, the guys that are working, the guys and gals that are working, through the night, the snowmakers and the groomers, um, as that sun starts to rise, the end of their day is coming and the beginning of the whole other team's day. So they start to get pretty active uh, in, in their talk and they start wrapping up, you know, the areas that they're making snow and the areas they're grooming. And then the ski patrol comes on the radio and there's this full handoff from the night shift and to the day shift about, okay, this is where we're at. This is what we completed. These are a couple areas you need to check out. And then the ski patrol and the lift operations take it from there and they run through the part people are more familiar with is that daytime operation. But it's almost just as busy in the middle of the night as it is during the day. Wow. That, that's something I think nobody knows about unless they work at a, at a ski mountain that there, there's a crew, a whole nocturnal crew working the mountain. Yeah. Two, two more shifts. So that daytime shift that everybody's out skiing and enjoying the mountain that um, there's two more shifts that come after them. There's a swing shift uh, that generally works from four to midnight. And then another team comes in at midnight and takes it from midnight to 9 a.m. And uh, they try to button it all back up and and get off the mountain in time for our skiers to arrive uh, just before nine. Wow. Do you find that the people who work these two night shifts enjoy that work? Yeah, a lot of them enjoy it. You know, I have had the pleasure with, you know, in all of my tenure at Deer Valley, I never really liked being laid off. So, you know, I worked um, on the ski patrol and then in the summer I was working on the mountain bike patrol and in the shoulder seasons, instead of going home, I would 
Uh, I would work for the trail crew. I would work for building maintenance. I would work for snowmaking. Um, and, you know, seeing sunrises uh, is amazing. You know, looking out over the valley and the twinkling of the lights at night when you have the mountain all to yourself. I mean, those are some pretty amazing, rewarding moments. So there is a, a, a benefit to working in the middle of the night. And, and a lot of those people are passionate about what they do. Yeah, I imagine that is amazing to feel like you have the whole mountain to yourself. Watch the sunrise. Yeah, stargazing is incredible. Um, you know, it's so dark and peaceful. And that sounds funny to say peaceful when you're running high-powered snowmaking machines that are blasting through the night. But there are there are peaceful moments to it for sure. So you mentioned a few of the other gigs that you've held at Deer Valley, but can you take us through your career trajectory? I decided I wanted to try something where I could work and ski at the same time. So, you know, I got my EMT uh, while I was at school at the University of Utah, my emergency medical technician's license. And um, and then I, I worked uh, on the ski patrol, which is an amazing, rewarding job, um, spending your days out on the mountain all day and, and helping people. And that, you know, I fell in love with that. And I continued to do that for, you know, over 20 years until a few years ago, uh, I was offered this position and took it. And now I'm responsible for all of mountain operations departments. I love that you actually walked the walk before you got to your position you're at today. To me, it's the same as say a coach who was a previous player. Having that insider experience is something to me that seems so vital for the success of a team and the overall respect of the players. So now as the vice president of mountain operations, I'm sure you've got your hands full this year. From opening early and the never-ending powder days, I mean, all great things for the guests looking to enjoy their time on the mountain, but how does it change up how you go about your work and the overall maintenance needed? This is definitely one of the best seasons we've had, and um, we're continuing to make snow. And people ask, like, well, why are you still making snow if you have all of this snow? And you know, the answer to that is that especially for Deer Valley and the way that we want to manage our mountain is that I'm not making snow to open. I'm making snow to finish, you know, so every storm in our world is the last storm and we have to treat it that way that if it quits snowing today, I need to guarantee that we're going to have an amazing product to deliver our guests, you know, into April. So that's why we continue doing what we're doing is that we're in, in it for the long haul, and we're dedicated to, to making sure we can deliver a great product. Not making snow to open, making snow to finish. I love that. So is a powder day harder work for you and your team, or is there always variables depending on the day? Yeah, every day in mountain operations is different. You know, it's um, it's unique in that you know, Mother Nature is always dealing you a different hand. And every day I just have to figure out okay, what are we going to do with what we've been dealt today? And the entire mountain operations team operates that way. You know, that that they don't get flustered very easily. You know, we have 100-mile-an-hour winds and snow or no snow. And, and it's that we're very accustomed to we're not in control here. We just play the hand we're dealt and uh, get to it. So it's great. 
as a very zen approach. So I'm sure no one knows this mountain as well as you do. So what's your favorite run? So I get asked that question quite a bit. And I don't have one because, you know, part of it goes back to the variable nature of being in the mountains. So my favorite run would be what did the mountain give us that day? You know, so if it is, uh, you know, a warm spring day and the snow is kind of soft and slushy, I love solid Muldoon. Um, I love the variances between steep pitch, kind of flatter middle and then a steep again. Um, being able to carve through that in soft, slushy snow. I love that. It's really fun. Um, Ruins of Pompeii on a powder day. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, uh, the tree skiing at Deer Valley is amazing. Um, I, I like bouncing around in the woods there. So it all depends on the day uh, and the conditions of that day. And that's one of the great things about being in mountain operations is that you get to see the mountains change and evolve from, you know, November to April and and all the variances in between that I, I really enjoy them all. Yeah. My family, we would always end our day with going Sol Muldoon to Dew Drop to Little Kate. Nice. That would, that would be like the trajectory down. And we would always end up like you do it and then we'd like do it again and do it. We might do it like two or three times at the end of the day. And sometimes it's the most fun run of the day. Because yeah. it's like there's like no crowds and you're just cruising. Yep. I love linking up all those little pieces, you know, to mixing two or three different runs in, in a trip down the mountain. Yeah, absolutely. So being at Deer Valley for 29 years, are there any through lines that you can draw on? Something that sticks with you as you reflect on your time here? There are definitely some themes that doing this is long as I have, like thinking that I'm going into my 29th season, I guarantee you it does not feel like that. And I'm very blessed that I've been able to spend, you know, my career largely outside, living in the mountains, um, doing something that I truly enjoy, interacting with people that are enjoying it too. It's, it's, uh, it's really been an honor to, to be able to do that. And I still laugh out loud some days that I get paid to do this. <laughs> that, that, that's really remarkable. Steve, I'm, I'm curious, do you ski at Deer Valley on your off days? And, and a follow-up question to that would be, do you have off days? <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a lot of days off. I, I try to not be here every single day, but it's hard. You know, the, I, I work through the week and then my kids – you know, they have a day off and they want to come ski Deer Valley and they've grown up on this mountain so much so that um, if the ski patrol is busy in the afternoon and, um, you know, I'm listening to my radio, even if it's my day off, I bring my radio with me and they need help on sweep. You know, my teenage girls can uh, pitch in. They know the mountain well enough that like, hey, do you mind sweeping this area for? And they're like, no, no problem at all. And uh, they actually really enjoy getting called into action like that. And and they they know the mountain better than some of the new kids that started, I guess. Yeah, I bet they do. So you have you said you have two daughters. I have two daughters and a lovely wife. I have a fourteen year old and a seventeen year old daughter, and they are passionate skiers and they love being in the mountains. Um, I remember when they were young, you know, probably five and eight. And at that point, they started to be able to go anywhere they wanted on the mountain, which was a liberating experience. But I was riding up 
a chairlift with him and lifts were going on wind hold because there was it was such a strong storm, 50 mile an hour winds. And I looked over at the girls. I'm like, are you guys okay? And they looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, well, yeah, we're fine. And they had no intention of going back inside or anything. And that's when I knew I'd made it as a mountain dad. <laughs> if you think about it, Steve Graff really is the mountain dad for all of Deer Valley. And we are very fortunate to have him. To me, the most fascinating part of this conversation was how Deer Valley repetitively evolves and upgrades in order to continue to provide an unparalleled skiing experience. From the new Burns Express, the extension to Snowflake, and the bands of passionate personnel that quite literally work around the clock. So that when you show up at Deer Valley, there's no question in your mind what makes the Deer Valley difference. That's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.